Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Today, I want to talk to you about water baptism. I haven't probably done an entire service on water baptism, wow, in five years, probably longer. So for a springboard text, I, I just want to take Matthew 11 and verse 12. Jesus said, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I, I, we need to understand that as Christians, we're in a warfare, right? There's the, the, we, we are in this war, and, and you've got to be violent. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to take action and walk into the kingdom. Take the kingdom by force. Now, some of you weren't born yet, but I want those of you that were. Where were you May the 5th, 1975? May the 5th, 1975. I know exactly where I was. I was in Dallas, attending Bible college, but, but I was in Keese Park. I was laying on a blanket, faking like I was studying for exams. Right? And Jeannie was right next to me, and she was studying. All right? Now, we had met in a prayer meeting four months earlier, and uh, we had been in that prayer meeting every day together. Uh, so it's been four months, and, and I'm getting ready to ask her to marry me. Right? Uh, I remember what I said to her. I said, you know, said, I love you. I cannot promise you a mud hut in Africa. Because I knew we were going into, into ministry, and I, I knew we would be... be outside the United States starting out. And uh, I said, but I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And, and she said, yes. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. We went to, Je- to, to Zales Jewelers in a, a, a mall in, uh, in Dallas, and we got her a ring. I still remember exactly how much I paid for that ring. I'm Dutch. <laughs> I still remember exactly how much I paid for it. All right. Now, now, Jeannie put that ring on, all right, because she was not ashamed of our relationship. She told her friends immediately, oh, look, uh, you know. And uh, I remember we called her parents, and, and I asked permission of her dad to marry her. But that, that ring was a symbol of a commitment and a relationship. Now, water baptism is that symbol and a lot more in Christianity, right? Because water baptism is not just a ceremony. It is a spiritual reality, right? But it symbolizes us identifying with Jesus, that we are unashamed of him. In Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus said to his disciples, he's all powers given to me in heaven and earth. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, not just Christians, but disciples. There's a difference between a Christian and a disciple, baptizing them. Now, when someone comes to Jesus, the first thing that Jesus said should happen is what? Just get baptized, right? They should be baptized. Uh, Peter, day of Pentecost, repent and be 
baptized every one of you. So, so often what we have done is we've been baptized and 20 years later we repent. See, but th- that is not New Testament baptism. New Testament baptism is after you repent, and after you make Jesus the Lord of your life, then you identify with him in baptism. And he goes on and says, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? As wholehearted believers, followers of Jesus, we are supposed to be water baptized. Now, how many of you realize that the disciples weren't perfect? They made a lot of mistakes. In fact, I think that's why they're called disciples. <laughs> but Jesus said to him, "Here, well, this is what you need to do. The first thing every believer should do is be water baptized. Now, let me ask you a couple questions here. What is your favorite? On three, I want you to shout your favorite ice cream. One, two, three. <laughs> like 50 flavors. All right. On three, shout your favorite movie. One, two, three. Man, that was a lot of them too. All right. Now, we can have opinions about a lot of things. All right. But here's what we can't have an opinion about. What we're supposed to do when we become believers. Because Jesus told us what we're supposed to do. He said we are supposed to be water baptized. For everybody, listen, for everybody, there's a next step in your Christian life. If you're not a Christian, your first step is to become a Christian, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and turn away from your sin. That's your first step. But once that happens, the next step for everybody should be the same because Jesus told us what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be baptized in water. Now, after that, you're going to have another first step. Maybe it's you need to have a daily time in the word of God in prayer. Maybe you need to start to serve. You need to volunteer and get involved in church. Maybe you need to start putting God first in your finances. Maybe you need to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, Growth Track is designed to help us find our next step. Right? But everybody has a next step. If you're not saved, it's get saved. But once you get saved, the first thing you're supposed to do is get water baptized. And if you get it mixed up, you need to go back and do that. You need to get water baptized, right? It's going public. Now, if you look in your New Testament, there are actually 27 times when people are baptized. Right? 27 different times. I want to tell you a couple things about this. Every one of them was a person who was able to repent and then be baptized. Every single one, no exceptions, right? Secondly, every single one was by immersion, right? Now, I know that, that, that might bother you. Let me give you a little history. Right? First of all, when it comes to babies, there were never babies baptized until the year 350, right? It was never a part of the church. Churches began to, to do it, but it was not a biblical practice, right? Now, we, we kind of... Let me say this. We, we kind of uh, don't have really good instruction in our Bible about it. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Right? In the early 17th century, the Church of England is translating the Bible. It becomes your King James Bible, by the way. King James says, I want this thing 
This translate this Bible, this from Hebrew and from Greek, I want it translated into English. This is going to be the official Bible. However, the Church of England baptized babies. Right? And they, they baptized them with sprinkling. So the translators are translating the Bible. And they come to the New Testament portions where it says to be baptized. The Greek word is baptizo. And the definition is to submerge. That's the definition. Right? However, the Church of England, their practice is not to submerge. It is to sprinkle. And this is what they realize. If we translate this submerge, the king will cut our heads off. That would not be good. However, if we translate this sprinkle, the book of Revelation says whoever changes or adds or subtracts, he said, they have no part in the kingdom of heaven. He said, we definitely want to go to heaven. Right? So we don't want to violate scripture. And we don't want to get our heads cut off. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to coin a new word. The word baptism is never found in the English language until the King James Bible. So they took the Greek word baptizo and just changed it to baptism and put it in the Bible and said, you figure out what it means. All right. So now I'm telling you what it means. All right. It means to be submerged. When a ship would sink, they'd say that thing was baptized, right? So no baptism of infants. It came later, 350 years later, right? But as you read the Bible in these 27 instances, it, it, it's, it's interesting that they, they would try to get people baptized as soon as possible. In Acts chapter 8, uh, we find... One of the, 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 actually, he's one of the deacons. He's Stephen, right? And, no, it's not Stephen. Excuse me, it's Philip. He's out in the desert. A, a chariot comes by. There's a, a man from Ethiopia there. He's reading the Bible. He begins to share the gospel with him. It says, and they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. He baptized him. Now, when they had come up out of the water, the spirit of, of God caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Acts chapter 10, Philip is preaching. The Holy Spirit falls on them, and he says, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized or receive the Holy Spirit as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. He commanded them to be baptized. Now, by the way, if this is your home church, I'm your pastor, and you have not been baptized in water since you believed, I command you. I command you to be baptized. Acts 16, right? Paul and Silas have been in prison. There's the earthquake. The, the, the jailer comes in and says, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus as your personal savior and trust yourself to him. You'll be saved, you and your household, if they also believe. And he spoke the word of the Lord concerning eternal salvation through faith in Christ to him and all who are in his house. Who'd they speak to him and all who were in his house? And he took them that very hour of the night, washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized. He and all his household. 
Then they brought them into the house, set food before them, and rejoiced greatly since they had believed in God with his entire house. How many of his house believed? All of them. His entire house believed. Every time in the Bible where people are baptized, it's they believe and then they are water baptized, right? Now, my personal background is uh, they, I, I, was, I was sprinkled, I kind, of, kind of dry cleaning, you know. They, they kind of sprinkled me sometime. I don't know if I was a month old or whatever, but they told me they did, all right? So what happened is when I became a believer at age 20, no one talked to me about water baptism, but as I was reading the Bible, I saw it, right? And then I was baptized as a believer, right? There's, there's uh, no instances of infant baptism in the Bible. When Jesus was brought to the temple as a, as a, as a baby, he was dedicated to God, right? Again, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, the word saved there is the Greek word sozo. We think it means go to heaven. It does, but that's, this is what it means. It means to be saved, to be delivered, to be protected, to be healed, to be, to, uh, be made whole. It, it, it's not really saying, in fact, it is not saying if you are not water baptized, you don't go to heaven. What it's saying is that there are things in your life today that you receive through water baptism. And those are the things, right? You're going to be preserved. You're going to be made whole. And we're going to talk in a few moments that water baptism is not a ritual. It is seven spiritual realities, right? It is not just some religious service. It is some, at water baptism, the power of God to heal and to deliver, to cut you off from your past, to live in newness of life is present. And I want to remind you that Jesus himself went to John and was baptized. If you figure he's leaving from Nazareth and went down to where John is baptizing near the Dead Sea, it's about 60 miles each way. And Jesus walked. So Jesus roughly went 120 miles to be water baptized, walking. Bring a car, but show up. In fact, if you're online and you can get here for next week's water baptism, I'm encouraging you, come and get water baptized, right? It's, it's not just a religious ceremony. You're saying, my life belongs to Jesus, right? This isn't just, this is not to get you into heaven. This is to get the kingdom of God in you today, right? It has to do with your today, not getting you into heaven when you die. Again, Jesus thought it was important enough that he would walk 60 miles each way. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and let every one of you. How many of us? Every one of us. And when Jesus is talking with John, John says, hey, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, let's do this now to fulfill all righteousness, right? To fulfill all righteousness. 
It is something that every believer should do to fulfill all righteousness is to be baptized in water when we believe. Now, uh, somebody says, should I be rebaptized? Number one, you should be rebaptized if you were baptized before you believed, before you repented. If you were baptized as a child or maybe even as an adult, but you weren't really a Christian, right? If that's the case, you should be rebaptized because the Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. I'm going to tell you something else. If I was, if I, what I did, I was sprinkled, I was rebaptized. I believe you need to be baptized by immersion. And again, if you weren't saved and you got baptized, well, you're just a wet sinner. That's all. You're just a wet sinner. You need to be water baptized, right? Um, I was too young to remember. I, I, I couldn't have been more than a month or two old, right? I couldn't repent. So the Bible says, repent and be baptized. Now, somebody says, yeah, but my parents, they brought me and baptized me. Mine too. Now listen, when you get baptized as a believer, you're not negating what they did. You're confirming what they did, right? You're just saying, my parents dedicated me to God. And now I have followed through. I have given my life to God. Jesus is my savior, my Lord, my king. And now that I've received him, I'm going to do what Jesus said to do and be water baptized. Again, 27 references in the New Testament. All of them are after receiving Jesus after you repent and believe, right? If you were away from God, right? You say, well, should I, should I get rebaptized, right? Honestly, that is a personal decision. Now, I'm gonna tell you why. Romans chapter one in verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, right? What's the power of God? The gospel. The gospel is the message of what Jesus did for you and me in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. But the gospel, the message is the power. This is what it means. That when you believe the message of the gospel, the power of the event is available to you. When you believe the message, the power, the power of God in the event that took place 2,000 years ago is present when you believe the message. So having said that, water baptism is a spiritual experience. And I believe you can go back by faith to that baptism, just like you and I go back to Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, right? You can go back by faith. However, let me just say this. Uh, you know, we have taken a lot of trips to, to Israel, and very often people want to be rebaptized. particularly when you get to the Jordan River. They're like, hey, this is where Jesus was baptized. This is where John the Baptist was baptizing. Man, I want to be rebaptized." And I say, get wet, go for it. Absolutely. If you want to, you can, right? But it is not something that you have to do. It is something that you can do, right? Baptism is a symbol 
of what Christ did for us right, in his death, burial, and resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So one of the Old Testament types of baptism is the children of Israel come out of Egypt and they come to the Red Sea. And the Bible says they're baptized in the sea and under the cloud. The sea represents water baptism. The cloud, the Bible's very, very clear, they pass through all night. And the cloud was a pillar of fire. John the Baptist said, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the fire is a type of spirit baptism. The water is a type of water baptism. Right? So they come out of Egypt and then both are taking place. They're water baptized and they're spirit baptized. When Jesus is water baptized, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, right? And rests upon him. So there's water baptism and spirit baptism. The church is born in Acts chapter 2. Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, water baptism and spirit baptism. Let me tell you something. This is fact. Right? When a person is water baptized, the anointing of the Spirit of God is present. Right? The Spirit of God is present. And at that point, there is an anointing to receive from the Holy Spirit, to receive the Holy Spirit. There is a tremendous anointing that is present when people are baptized in water. So we can say a few different things. That water baptism, the Bible teaches us in the New Testament, it is a confession of a clear conscience towards God. When you get water baptized, you are saying, my old life all the sin, past, present, future, it's gone and it's under the blood. And it is a confession of a, a clear conscience. It's an exit from the world. The children of Israel came out of Egypt was the type of the world. Right? They come to the Red Sea. Right? And things are going to happen at the Red Sea that show us what happens spiritually when the, in the New Testament, we're baptized in water. But let me just say this, Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. Therefore, we're buried with him through baptism into death. Right? The Bible tells us that when we are baptized in water, we are burying our old man. If anyone is in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. How many of you know what we do with somebody when they pass away? They get buried. In the Bible, when you bury that old man, you are confessing that you are new in Christ. So water baptism, it's a confession. It's an exit. It's a burial. And it's a barrier or a wall. Now, they go through the Red Sea. The Egyptians try to do the same. But something happens. They cannot go through those waters of baptism. Moses said this to the children of Israel, do not be afraid, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians whom you see today, you will see them no more again for ever. Right? So literally, 
The waters of baptism for them became a barrier. The things from their old life, the oppression from their old life was not able to follow them through to the other side of water baptism. Now, listen, Romans chapter six says you bury that old man and then you come up in newness of life, just like Jesus came up in newness of life. The, the dirtiest water in Michigan tomorrow or excuse me, next Sunday will be those baptism waters. Because in there, there's going to be drug addiction, porn addiction, depression, every wicked, sinful thing you can think of. It stays in the water. The Bible says by faith, you come up by the power of God and you live a new and a different life. See, water baptism is not just some religious ceremony. It is powerful. So really, it's a confession. It's a burial. It's an exit. It's a burial. It's an answer, the Bible says, of a clear conscience towards God. And it's an identification. The Bible tells us, Romans 6, therefore we're buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we will be in the likeness of his resurrection. And then it's a promise of more. It's a promise of more. Be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive, right? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There is an anointing of God that spiritual gifts and impartation of God's Spirit takes place at water baptism, right? So you're a believer. You say, what are you telling me, pastor? I command you, if you have not been baptized, get baptized next Sunday. Get online, sign up, sign up. You know, some people, they're afraid. You, why? You're just identifying with Jesus. And again, the Bible tells us that as you go through the waters of baptism, that your old, those things that are trying to pursue you in your, from your old life, literally, I believe there are Christian people that there are things that are following them from their old life that they have not been able to break free of. But at water baptism, there is an anointing from God to break free, to let those things stay in that water of baptism and for us to come up to live in newness of life. Right? The gospel, it is the power of God to salvation. If you have not been baptized since you believe, you need to be. And if you have been baptized, you can go back by faith to that very moment when you were baptized. Right? Um, when you go to the, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, even today, they'll talk to you about the mixus. And what it was was this. If you, be, you became virtually, or, or how can we say this, ritually clean, because as you'd gone through life, you had done something that put you in a temporary state where you were ritually impure. But everybody who went into the temple, every single person who went into the temple, they had to baptize themselves first. They were water baptized first. Right? Now, what I know is you can go back by faith. You can go back by faith. But if you say, hey, I want to get rebaptized, you can be rebaptized. Right? Because you're going to put your faith into something that you, you perhaps did not understand completely 
when you did it the first time. I believe that every believer needs to be water baptized, not because it's a ritual, because, because it is a spiritual experience in which the power of God, the anointing of God, and the Holy Spirit is present to do things in your heart and in your life and to break your, you, you off from the things of your old life that try to pursue you into your new life. Say, would you please bow your heads for just a moment? The author of Psalms wrote and said, this I know because God is for me. Many, many people, even Christians, many of them, they believe that God is mad, that God is rejecting them, that God will not bless them. They believe they've gone too far. They believe that it's too late. But this is what I know. I know that God loves you, that he's reaching out to you. I know that it is not too late. I know that it's the thief, the, the, the devil, the liar who comes to steal and kill and destroy, who tells you you've gone too far, that you can't get right with God, that you can't live the Christian life. Now, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Now, he's not just talking about when you get to heaven. When Peter preached his sermon on the day of Pentecost, he said, be saved from this perverse generation. What God wants to do is not just get you to heaven. He wants to bring his kingdom into your life today. Jesus said, pray your kingdom come. And he wants to make you new on the inside. The Old Testament prophet said it like this. God says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, if you're away from God today and you're not right with God, we're going to pray a prayer. And this is what the Bible says. It says, whosoever, that's you, will call on the name of the Lord. That's what we're going to do. We're going to call on his name the way the Bible shows us to. It says, when we do this, you will be saved. So what we're going to do is this. We're going to turn our back on our old life. We're not going to live for ourselves. And we're going to receive Jesus as our Lord, as our King. And when we do, the power of God is going to come into your heart and into your life. He's going to make you new. You're going to be forgiven. You're going to be right with God. You're going to be a part of his kingdom today and forever. Now, if you can, would you take hands with somebody that's near you if you can? And we're going to pray this prayer out loud. I want everybody to make these words your own. Say this out loud. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. Jesus is my king and I'm going to live for him. Thank you, you've heard my prayer. My past is gone. I am now a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.